You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. We, having processed the departure of the hat from the ranks of college football coaches, advance to the games of... It, I'm going to say this, and it's going to feel really weird. Uh, we're at week five. Week hmm. five. Where we actually begin to play a season, gentlemen. Uh, the gentleman that I'm speaking to. Joining us from beautiful Bristol, Connecticut. Richard Johnson, subbing in for Ryan Nanny who's out on uh, paternity leave. Uh, how are we doing, Richard? Doing good, doing good. Um, you, uh, we, we haven't talked about this yet, okay? But you have a really, you have a really good question we're going to answer tonight, correct? Yes. Okay, but we'll go ahead and just start that question. We're not going to answer it. But, but your, your question from a reader, and please, we always like to mention the reader uh, when we introduce the fascinating question they've given us our uh our lovely question today comes from young kurt rembis uh at illegal screens who says what was the most memorable instance of offensive line dominance you've ever seen okay now you start start thinking about that because i realized that once we actually started thinking about the answer to this question there were like nine that came to mind immediately so dear listener Begin to think about the majesty of collapsing human tidal wave offensive play. Okay. Uh, while I introduce our other co-host, um, that would be Jason Kirk joining us live from beautiful Kennesaw, Georgia. Oh, oh, hey, Jason. How are you? Hey, what's happening? Yeah. You did not do what I did last night, right? No, no. Um, I lacked the wisdom and the, and the insight to, uh, to go to the Beyonce show at the Georgia Dome. Um, Proving once again that uh, you are the 
the uh, the true intellectual of this group. Um, it's true. I'm and, not in Connecticut, and I did go to Beyonce last night. So yeah, check check, bang bang. Yeah, to be fair, Richard also didn't fly down from Connecticut for the Beyonce show. So that's, that's so that so neither neither of us went. It's it was it was equally convenient for both of us. So I will tell you the great part about being in the old section at the Beyonce show, in the last row of the Georgia Dome, and by last row I mean the one by the wall in the back, five hundred feet above the stage. The good thing is that that's usually the old section, and when Beyonce sits, you sit. So everyone who's like extremely old uh, just goes, Whoa! like every time Beyonce goes, Beyonce, you know, I'm going to sing Halo and just sit here and just kneel. Everyone's like, oh, thank God. I'm going to take a break when B takes a break. It's a rule. Because uh, you're working just as hard as she is. I, it is. It's true. Like I'm there in the little, she actually has a pool she fills up on the stage. It's like a little, it's like lap pool length and it's probably like, four inches of water, maybe three inches of water, and she dances in that. And by the time they bring that out, everyone in the section is just sitting and going, oh, this is so good. I'm not standing up. This is so wonderful. I'm totally not standing It's 12, 15. Jesus, be get this over with. But it was an amazing show, and it was highlighted mostly for DJ Khaled just going through his Rolodex and, and bringing everyone that he had in his phone out. Like, I actually think that's what Khaled does. He just, just types it in. He's like, oh, I'm in Houston. Let's see. Uh, is Bun here? Is, uh, let's see. Pimp C's dead. No, you can't get him. Like, that's all he does. And that's all he did in Atlanta, which is fine. You just call everybody up for, like, two songs. The only problem is that they called out Usher. That was, like, that's the most disappointing part of the entire show for me is that I had to watch Usher. Time to go to the, uh, time to go to the Taco Mac when Usher shows up. It really sucks that you can't IRL trash emoji somebody, right? That I couldn't I, that I couldn't actually just like everyone goes crazy over Usher because it's mostly women, and you figure out really quickly that's how Usher sold records. So when you see Usher live, you're like, "Who buys this trash?" And you look around at sixty thousand women are like, "Ah, yeah, that's that's who buys Usher." But but I couldn't actually hold up a real life trash emoji, which is something I really want to do at a football game, right? Like that would be a great thing to do. <laughs> That's a slam dunk college game day sign. <laughs> Just holding up the track. Somebody do this. Somebody at Clemson, please do this. We yeah. will um, retweet you. I don't know. Uh, yeah, we'll, we don't have much to offer. Yeah, we will <laughs> We will share your content virally. We will take your real-life content and turn it into internet viral content. So we'll big, make it in the game sign post. Exactly. Like big old, yeah, we'll push on our website. Yeah, just big old trash emoji for game day, please. This week... Oh, man. We actually have some fairly good games. It's And the Thursday Friday duo, which is my favorite because you basically get three days of football. You can cheat and just blow like two weeknights on football. It's magnificent. You don't um, have to go to a shitty high school game either. That's true. You don't have to like go down to the methadone of high school. Well, method that's a little strong. Method, methadone. This it's is, more like uh, caffeine. Caffeine like, pills. It's like, well, not even pills. No, <laughs> but it's like uh, it could kill you if you took like, like theoretically, way too much. But it like never will. It's like eating a Milky Way or something like that. <laughs> what are you gonna do? I'm gonna smoke. Some High school football's fun. Like once a year. Like yeah, that's all. That's all you need. You're good. If you go, to, if I think high school's only fun if you go to a place that has so many people trying to get in the game that the fire marshal is involved. That's really. That's choice right there. Have you ever been to one of those? Like when my friend Bo and I 
mysteriously did not get into Miami Northwestern uh, because yeah, I was on the sideline. I think for were you game. were you were you there for that game? I was at uh, Booker T. Are you talking about Booker T. Miami Central? I believe that was Booker T. Miami Central. Yeah, yeah, it was Booker T. Miami Central in some small college's stadium in I believe two whatever year Florida played Miami because that's why I was down there. Yeah, yeah, same it was same weekend. Yeah, it was, it was the night before Florida Miami, and it was it was massive. Like it was a massive thing. Um, yeah, that's yeah, that's that's probably the last high school football game I've been to. Yeah, I had as much fun getting thrown out of that game trying to sneak in as I did actually attending some high school games. It was no, the, it was serious business. Yeah, it was delightful. Um, where do you want to start, Richard? If we're looking at if we're looking at this week, where are you going? Okay, that's that's what I'm watching. Huh. Well, I mean, the obvious one is uh, is Louisville Clemson, but I am much more intrigued by Tennessee Georgia, just from a standpoint of all right, Tennessee. Here's the thing. You finally won the game. You finally won the game that you haven't won forever. You finally won the biggest game of Bush Jones's tenure to date. Um, don't stub your toe against a freshman quarterback and who's got a running back that's a little banged up and a defense that is not up to snuff. Because there would be nothing funnier than Tennessee going between the hedges and just laying a gigantic egg to Jacob Eason. One thing that would be equally funny is Georgia losing. Did you think about that? Because that would be funny too. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> like essentially the way they lost on Saturday. Yeah, that'd be great. Did you? Oh yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say. Did we? Did we point out that this is a battle of two completely unreliable forces? Right. Like, we're not totally ready to trust Tennessee, especially because they beat Florida. And now you're like, oh, I can't trust them the next game at all. <laughs> like, not one bit. They're going to be so high off beating Florida, and they're going to roll and be like, George is garbage. And, oh, no, this is Yeah, when... Josh Dobbs looked really good for two quarters, and everybody's just like, yeah, I mean, he's not doing that again. Yeah, like, I, and then, but that would imply you have also have to trust Georgia in this. <laughs> Georgia. Yeah, and. Coming in, like, okay, what should Georgia be good at? Uh, running the ball? Mm-hmm. Is Georgia good at running the ball? No. So, uh, so again, what is Georgia good at? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, Anything? I, I, I don't know. They managed to sort of squeak by Mizzou on the road. Like, I want to give them credit sure, for that. Sure, sure, sure. Sure, I know Mizzou scored, like, 80 points last week against uh, – don't worry about it. They scored a lot of points. A Division One team, mm-hmm. an FBS team, and no, they, <laughs> no, yeah, no. yeah, a, a team, a football, a team. Eleven, okay. yeah. there were eleven D- players. D- Division One, okay, Division One. Sure. <laughs> there, are, there are hundreds of schools in there Division are, One. There okay. are multiple levels to Division One. So they were a Power Five school, right? They're in the NCAA. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's. I think that's outstanding for them. Good, congratulations. But they somehow beat Mizzou, and then. Now go into this game. This is the game where I feel like Nick Chubb's going to uncork 200. I just feel like <laughs> <laughs> like after struggling and struggling, there's always a game where a running back who's struggling just flies out of the gate and takes back all of that yardage at once. And I sort of feel like... It's going to be like all him, too. Like the offensive line's like going to pretty much get stuffed. Like there are just going to be a lot of runs where it's like, oh, Nick Chubb should be tackled two, three, four yards behind the scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage, and he's in the second level just putting the moves on free safety. 
That would be an extremely funny result. Anything that happens in this game for me is funny, by the way. So I'm very in favor of this because if Tennessee loses, then that's funny to me because they just beat Florida and now they get to experience the joy of inconsistency and some disappointment in their lives. And I get to watch that. And that that lets me recoup like three cents on the dollar I lost watching that game. And if George yeah, then you gotta watch Florida Vanderbilt, so yeah. <laughs> No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Now, as Florida fans, what is the uh, the scariest outcome of Tennessee Georgia? Um, I think the scariest outcome is Georgia like putting a putting a serious whipping right on Tennessee because that means we could lose to Georgia and Tennessee in a year, right? That's Georgia proving some actual value, which would be terrible because no, we, but we know how this is going to end. Like, if Georgia puts up, there's got to be some level of conversion. Like, if Georgia puts up 50, that means they're going to lose to Florida in an, inexplicable, in an inexplicable way by so many points. Like, if Georgia does X on Saturday, they will lose to Florida by Y. Like, it's a, it's a one-to-one equation now. I mean, I, so yeah, you, 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 you got to do the, uh, the, 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 uh, the currency exchange rates. Yeah. Exactly. What we're hoping for, I think, ideally, is the, one of those situations like 2007 – where you have all of these countervailing losses, right? Where we end up with the commissioner, right? Greg Sankey has to flip a, a coin, right? Like where the tiebreakers just go so far down that they're like, I don't know, hell, let's play Uno for it. Like that's that's what I want to happen. I want everybody to have, like I want South Carolina to get in here and absolutely screw up. So, like, like if South Carolina is the only team that beats Tennessee, I'm going to hit the table. That's That would be a delight. I'd be all in favor of it. All I can root for is chaos in the SEC East right now. So that's what I'm going to do. So I guess that means I want Georgia to absolutely pummel Tennessee. That would be hilarious to me. I feel like the worst outcome for y'all is Tennessee wins. Um, and, you know, they, they, they maintain that lead in the standings and all that. But Georgia looks really good. And then you got to play, you know, see that, yeah, that, that. I don't know. No, see, it feels see, like it's all laughter and sunshine, but there, there is, there is darkness on the horizon here. Well, let's darkness talk about and danger. Let's talk about real darkness, by the way, because my scenario where Georgia beats Tennessee, right, and then gets high on themselves. What's the next game for Georgia? Do you recall, do you recall? Mm, is it? Is it, it's not? It's not Florida yet. Nope. Um, on the on the road at South Carolina. <laughs> oh my God. Oh so, my beat Tennessee. God. We're back in it. Lose a road game to South Carolina ten <laughs> nine. <laughs> okay. so, I'm, I'm glad you said ten nine because I was gonna add that. They're gonna lose ten yeah. nine. There will not be an offensive score. <laughs> no. We know how this is gonna go. We got this mapped out for I you. Know. We didn't ask for these powers. <laughs> we write the script. Didn't have to watch the game. <laughs> nope. I already know what's gonna happen. I would like to point out on the schedule that we get to watch. Houston, I think, do that thing where they get to play a team like UConn that will have, like, maybe 32 plays in three quarters, right? Yeah. And then have to defend a furious comeback uh, against, uh, you know, a disciplined, reasonably well-coached Connecticut team that, that, um, that won't win. But they'll, they'll well, make Houston stub their toe. That's, that's what will happen. Here's the thing. Um, Houston lost to UConn last year, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> as funny as that is, with a, with a quarterback injury. So um, 
you have angry Tom Herman. The game is in Houston. Houston is healthy. They're going to try and hit 80 points. Now, luckily, in UConn's favor, UConn's entire uh, game plan under Bob Diaco is to not play football. When, mm-hmm. when they get the ball on offense, their goal is to um, advance toward the end of the game very quickly. They just hit super sim. So yeah. this works in their favor. Uh, Houston's only going to hit 50 or 60, but they're, they're, you know, they're going to keep, they're going to keep swinging. Uh, it's going to get, it's going to get gross. And I mean, the thing about it is you kind of have to circle it as a must watch game. Cause Houston's schedule is, you know, the AAC, at least the teams on their schedule, they're just looking down, you know? So like, unless you just want to give up and stop watching a top five team, you have to pay attention to it. You have to watch it. They don't play USF in the regular season. We like, uh, we're, we're just gonna not watch Houston for a month. No, you gotta watch this trash. Also, man, you gotta you gotta hang around to the end so you can see how UConn sims it out. I mean, literally, since they did this against Navy, they they yeah. they, they called, <laughs> like remember they got into a two minute they got into like a like end of game situation and didn't have a clock kill play and just walked off the field just like ah forget it. I like that we're talking about uh, U- UConn down by 38 points botched their two-minute drill. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you want to watch that? Like, do you know how hard you'll be laughing to watch UConn shambling along trying to do a two-minute drill down 38? Oh, whew. I mean, you can't see, but I'm fanning myself with the pleasure of watching that kind of failure. It'll be delightful. Tom Herman's going to kill him. Um, also, that takes us to that takes us to uh, a ranked game on Friday. Remember? With everyone, no one's actually watched Washington. That can all change, because you get to watch Washington at the reasonably unearly hour of nine p.m. You get to watch them at home, playing Stanford. Hmm, Stanford. I would just. Can we go back to UCLA last week? Um, would you say that Washington has rebranded itself as a tough physical team this year, Richard? <laughs> We're about to find out. Mm-hmm. We're about, right. about to find out. Okay, because if the answer is yes, that means they're going to lose to Stanford, right? Like, man, we're a tough physical team. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is like – I Stanford, I think – people are not necessarily sleeping on Stanford, but people just – I think they see Christian McCaffrey as, you know, the scat back and he's really quick and all this kind of stuff. They don't have a bludgeoning back behind the offensive line. But the offensive line, like, that is still very much, like, what it is. Like, don't get it twisted. Like, they will mash – they will put out nine offensive linemen, um, and it's up to you to not even necessarily stop them. It's just how do you creatively get in the way once Christian McCaffrey is three yards beyond the line of scrimmage, which is essentially where every Stanford line of scrimmage starts once the ball is snapped. I like the the, the that description of the defensive scheming against Stanford. Creatively get in the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you kind of have to like – I feel like you know you can't do this anymore – but the old roll block, where if you watch extremely old football films, there is a form of tackle which is extremely dangerous. It was one of the things that allegedly killed Jack Trice. I was just going to say, yeah, it killed somebody. Yeah, no, it killed Jack, Jack Trice at Iowa State, where you roll and throw yourself in the way of the ball carrier, hoping to sort of like take them out like, like a ladder rolling down the highway off of a truck, right? It was an old roll block that they used to do. That's pretty much what you have to do against Stanford. You're just like, I don't know, throw yourself in the spokes and hope they fall off the bike. How like when they when they like outlawed that, like when Teddy Roosevelt like made them outlaw that, like how much do you think Teddy was like, man, that looks pretty sweet. 
<laughs> like, <laughs> Katie was like, I don't really, I don't really want to do this, but you know, everybody's whining about it, and we got, to, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Well, this is the old History Channel problem because the History Channel would do like anytime the History Channel would do a documentary on somebody who was really evil or like a malicious empire or an empire that killed a lot of people, right? Like they'd be like the Mongol Empire, horrible murderers who who did awesome stuff, right? Like it always came out, right? Like they'd ride over the hill, sweet, exactly, ride over the hill, covered in the blood of their enemies, their poor enemies who did nothing wrong <laughs> like they'd always have to like pull back right like joseph stalin created the world's biggest bomb he was a murderer for that a terrible human but it was cool like that's what teddy roosevelt's relationship with a lot of things was i think and football was totally that right like yes we really shouldn't allow people to clothesline each other in the open field of play no don't do that yeah that's Stanford football. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you see, like, I, I think people are just getting to this, how, how low they get. Like, they just, like, it's the lowest yeah. block imaginable. I've never the, seen offensive linemen get that low. The, 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 the screen of they tried against USC on the goal line with uh, the whole right side of the line basically crawling off the ball. Uh, and I think it was Jeff Schwartz on Twitter who said, like, you can't actually generate any power like that. The whole idea is you're tricking USC into going low and also not having any power. So, like, <laughs> you've just created this stalemate. So then McCaffrey can just, you know, trot into the end zone because everyone is laying on their faces prone, like, staring at each other on the ground. Yeah, all you do oh, is sort of, like, slap them on the top of the head and they go down. This, yeah. man. Like, all you do is you line up laying on your face and the other guy's like... <laughs> I'll dig a hole. I don't care. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I'll dig a trench. Yeah. The team, the team from just north of Napa Valley, with the smartest humans on the planet, does that. Yeah, and 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 punts in non-optimal situations all the time, right? Like situations where trained economists have gone. No, you're really not maximizing your value. <laughs> David, David Shaw is like, sorry, economics, I'm out. He's Did on a higher plane. That's just <clears throat> and, in a, and in a very economic fashion, still covered. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Still, still covers by the margin that he needs to cover. That's the other thing you need to understand about Stanford. They really don't care about margins. They don't care about how good they looked or what the actual numbers say. They really don't. David, it's all the allocation of scarce resources. That's it, man. You got this much yardage. We're going to spread it across this much territory, and we're going to do it one yard better than you. They really don't care. That's how you get good at a school that really is, yeah, north of Napa Valley. Yeah, a bunch of nerds, right? I like that um, Ryan left, so we're saying good things about his beloved Stanford. Live tree, as a, live tree or die. Sort of a tribute. Um, so I, Washington... <clears throat> Is the team Stanford's playing? They're kind of off-brand Stanford, kind of off-brand Old Boise State. <clears throat> Throw those things together, and you get a pretty good team. I think they so far they've met all the off-season hype. Um, you know, they've looked like a top ten team against bottom ten teams, and uh, I don't know how much that's worth, but you can still learn something from it. I mean, they've they've looked very good. As good as you can look against uh, an awful schedule, um, but can I can I can I point out a fun stat that's going to give you an idea of 
what sort of a, a, a sit this is going to be for you if you decide to pick up this particular game on a Friday night. Let me help you out. One team is allowing 12 points a game, and the other team's allowing 14. So <laughs> when you're talking about scarce resources, Richard, here we are. <laughs> yeah, like, points points are scarce resources. I'm just going to go ahead and predict this as a 14-12 game. I'm going to take it. There you go, final there score. There you have it. 14-12 Stanford. That's how this but is going to work. Like, the thing is, like, I think like Washington fans are going to watch that and be like, maybe a little upset or, you know, we should score more or whatever. Like Stanford fans are just going to be like, yeah, okay, great. Like, cool. Good. See you next week. Yeah. We won six, three. Awesome. Theor- theoretical Stanford fans. The- the- <laughs> Remember Stanford football is an intellectual exercise. <laughs> it's, it's like Bitcoin or something, yeah. you know, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's there. I think. I don't know. It's like a hedge fund. I don't actually know how this works, but there's massive success. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I want to go to the actual Saturday games. Um, We don't have to talk about Florida Man, but let's just not watch it. Hell, skip it. Skip. It's a noon game. Noon. Not even awake, man. This is our first bad noon of the year. Um, It's, 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 It's not good. It's re- now, I know that one game will probably reach up, bite you on the ass, and become the only thing you're watching at noon because something fun will happen. But, uh, but y'all, this, no, it's, it's not obvious. It's gonna, I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, Syracuse might beat Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, I'm clapping like a seal. <laughs> everybody, everybody does that. <laughs> oh, it's so, it's so fixed now, the entire situation at Notre Dame, now that we fired. So Dan what's Van the Gordon. biggest problem with Notre Dame? Hmm. Their, uh, their defense, right? Oh, okay, cool. Let's go play Dino Baber's offense on some carpet. That'll that'll be fun. <laughs> that'll be hot, man. That'll be so good. <laughs> um, Ohio State, they just get to scrimmage like half the year. Easy. They have to play Rutgers. Yeah, the line is 39 points in a conference game. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not even sure that's hot enough. Uh, yeah, probably not, man. Like until we get into a management situation, right? Until we get into the please let us run the clock out and not get anyone hurt. That's that's a definite management situation. That is a bigger line than Alabama, Kentucky. Yeah. Um <laughs> you, you want another one? Oh man, Miami's gonna slaughter Georgia Tech. <laughs> there there are jigs and, and there are ups, and they meet when, <laughs> when this jig meets this up. For Paul Johnson, who somehow is three and one and one and one in the ACC, not for long, man. Because that Miami yeah. team, they were they defended a lot of this kind of stuff against Appalachian State, and they buried it. Not even Mark close. Rick's, M- Mark Rick's record in uh, in Bobby Dodd Stadium all time is <laughs> something like eleven and zero. Going back to Florida State, don't quote me on that, um, but it's 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 not far off from that. Uh, so I don't see that changing anytime soon. Yeah, noon noon slate's dismal, and frankly, if you watch Virginia at Duke, you deserve whatever you get. There is, I'm going to point you to Texas, Oklahoma State, because as we know, Texas is a lot of fun this year. Extremely. (laughs) Oklahoma State is also a lot of fun this year. Last year, this is the game that came down to an officiating dispute that led Texas fans to... He can't say it! (laughs) It's 12 months later, and I can't say it with a straight face. I'm sincerely not trying to laugh about this because it's the fucking funniest statement I've ever read online. Texas fans swore the Big 12 was rigged against them because a few calls went against them in a game they lost. 
<laughs> he's like he's close to tears. This is the funniest thing. The funny like it's the funniest concept I've ever seen anyone seriously <laughs> believe a game win against you. Therefore, you know, ignore ignore this mountain of evidence uh, to quite the contrary uh, on the field and otherwise. Yeah, the Big 12's out to get you. So, no, this, um, this was this those was the, seeds the, have been planted, and on Saturday they bloom because the, you know all eyes are going to be on these refs. There's pressure on Texas again. Um, Texas was back for two weeks, and then Texas got screwed by refs. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Anti-Texas refs, I oh tell my you. God, and you know who else was screwed by refs this year? Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. Oh, <laughs> They lost to a fucking Mac team because of a ref mistake. So these refs are just, oh, my God. They're going to walk out there so tight. Like, <laughs> they I, might just. I have the scenario. Here's what's going to happen. Okay. Texas is leading late. In the third quarter, it's interrupted by what? An earthquake. Not a serious one, okay? <laughs> but one of those fracking earthquakes, okay? And what will Texas fans claim? Well, once we got up on him and Oklahoma State started losing, T Boom Pickens with his earthquake machine. Like he's just got a crank in the box, right? Then he's like, Oh goodness. <laughs> like starts cranking up the earthquake machine. Um, sir, he has he has a, a cranker that he pays. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. A lot of fun. <laughs> his name's Mike Gundy. Yeah, it's Mike Gundy. Mike, get up here and crank this. <laughs> get your ass up here and crank the earthquake machine. <laughs> Here is, uh, by the way, a quote that just came across the wire from Kirk Bowles about uh, T Boone on Mike Gundy. I don't have any conversations with Gundy. I don't. It, when asked, "Is there a rift?" he says, "I don't know, but Mike doesn't handle people relationships very well, and he gets mad about things. I've heard he's written some notes about me that weren't very complimentary." So, uh, in, in... so how how long have they just hated each other? Mm, about like, seven. About how... seven years. This marriage is they're staying together for the kids, and the kids are uh, the piles team. of money. <laughs> yeah, and then the football team and piles of money. That's it. They just like, openly hate each other, and that's pretty cool. That just sounds <laughs> like at least like I'm, you know, T Boone can do whatever T Boone does, but like Gundy like lives in Stillwater, or at least near it. Like he's got to deal with this every day. You know, T Boone does one of the most baller things that I know of. All right. Well, first of all, this whole thing is a big. Like uh, Texas swinging dick things to be like, yeah, we hate each other. We work together. It's fine. <laughs> like, like it's almost an ego thing to be like, I don't even have to like people to work well with them. That's how successful I am. I hate that dick. Like that's that's one thing T Boone's doing here. The other one, T Boone has this lunch where he just invites people in, and if you get that call, like, and he likes a diverse uh, cast to show up at this thing. So he he has like. He's called like you know famous writer and like a finance person and I don't know maybe somebody who like does his hair you know like doesn't whatever he just gets them all in together for lunch because he likes to have this like sort of educate T Boone about life kind of <laughs> meal right and I know someone who got that call and it's the weirdest thing like there's no prep on like Thursday it's like I'll send a plane for you why don't you come over and have some lunch like that's how fast it's. so like my dream is for T Boone to be like come on over and have some lunch and like I'm like nah man. Team Gundy, sorry about it. <laughs> I, can't, I can't, I can't, I can't do it after what you did to that man. What with you did, the, sorry, the man. hair. I agree with, I agree with you on green energy, son, and I like your plan, but, uh, but uh, you know, Mike and I go back ways, and you've never had a mullet, as far as I know, and I'm closer to that kind of <laughs> level of white trash living. We should be familiar. Um, 
Before we go to the 3 o'clock, 2.30 shift, etc., let's answer that question about offensive line. Uh, the question, uh, Richard, just read it one more time so we can get our readers familiar. The question was from young Kurt Rambis. Young Kurt Rambis, good Lord. At Illegal Screens, uh, what was the most memorable instance of offensive line dominance you've ever seen? Um, I decided to go with the Ohio State-Oregon National Championship game. Just because there is a special place in my heart for watching teams mash the hell out of Oregon. Um, that's just fun for me. I like derive great joy every Stanford-Oregon game from just watching Stanford mash. Um, and watching Ohio State run Ezekiel Elliott on counter 35 times in Jerry World uh, that Monday night was just, just beautiful. Um, yeah, so that's what I went with. It was not statistically the most dominant one, but in terms of breaking a team's soul and making sure that it could not piece it together with any amount of glue, effort, tweezers, whatever. 42-14, Alabama, Notre Dame. Oh, yes. This is mine as well. Spencer I, uh, and I independently picked this one. We, we did not We did not discuss this. We did. I recently... I recently uh, referenced that game as Alabama beating the Virgin Mary out of Notre Dame. Good God. Oh, good God. <laughs> you really are taking Ryan's place. That's yeah. some shit. Uh, good job. That's, that's, it. that's literally an unholy metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> By Nick, Sab- Nick Saban. Nick Saban beating the Virgin Mary out of Notre Dame. Yeah. yeah. This was, if you did not see it, there is um, there there's an anecdotal and there's a statistical element to this. The statistical element is Alabama has the ball for 38 minutes this game, um, 38 minutes out of 60. Notre Dame has to look up and take it in the teeth from this offensive line. They don't even like the numbers themselves. It's a fairly balanced. Like it's not like they ran for 400 yards. It's like 264 yards. It's how they did it. They yeah, took the their thing, time. There's no the hurry thing up. About the 265 yards, they had a long of 20. That's it. <laughs> Everything else was like six, seven, six, eight, nine, five. It was just getting punched in the stomach over and over and over again. It was no knockout punch. It was just like <laughs> getting beaten with a phone book. <laughs> Flare chest chest swats. Woo, woo, woo for four hours. It was, and it was just, it was so deliberate. Like, I almost think it felt like Alabama was holding back. Like, no, no, no. We're not going to let this pain go away quickly. If we're going to make it last. And what makes yeah, it special is this wasn't chamber. like an FCS team. This was an undefeated team. Yeah. Yeah. With, by the way, with a great linebacker. That was the other thing. They had Manti yeah, Teo. That just vanished. Kind of like his girlfriend. Wait, what? It, no, oh, that was good. The the story, the the myth is that they had to come out in the same tunnel because uh, of the way the stadium was built, right? And when they came out, they have to come out side by side, like almost like in European soccer stadiums, you know, when they, <laughs> they come out of the same tunnel, right? Which um, it's it's not really a great idea when soccer teams do it. It's a disastrous idea when you have to come out in Miami with football players in this little tunnel. So they come out, 
And Barrett Jones is the guy who leads him out. If you don't remember Barrett Jones, he's kind of an undersized but brilliant center who played on that offensive line. He's just a big old violin playing accountant major who turned out to be like super goddamn mean. And like literally played every position on the offensive line at yeah, one point or another. Yeah. I mean, it was brilliant. Like he was just, he made like, yeah, he, he's as smart an offensive lineman as you'll ever find. He one time famously got into, I believe an argument with AJ McCarron at the end of this game because Alabama had finished fighting Notre Dame and needed to fight someone else and could only <laughs> argue with each other. Right. Over perfection at this point. Anyway, Barrett is next to Manti Teo and they're sitting there and he looks over and allegedly says, Y'all going to show up for the second half? Because we are. <laughs> and I hope that's true. <laughs> because Teo said nothing. Teo's like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> Let's just get out of here. This sucks. And so, the, was Lewis uh, Nix on that team? Hmm? Was Lewis pretty, sh- pretty sure, yeah. Goodness. Yeah. The other thing, it might have been Nix, actually, who in the fourth quarter, um, Barrett Jones and A.J. McCarron got in a shoving match. Yeah. In, like instead of it, during a play or whatever, there's a delay of game or something. And Bama started fighting amongst itself. And uh, you can see a Notre Dame lineman hopping up and down in joy like, oh, they're taking it out on each other now. <laughs> <laughs> the comeback starts now. <laughs> Get the ball. They'll, run. Leave. They're, not They'll be, they're distracted. We can leave while they fight each other. <laughs> I would also just put a blanket. Yes, those guys. For any Nebraska team in the 1990s, all of them, I did purchase today. You should know this. Very proud of it. I purchased a bundle from eBay from a a buyer whose name uh, I believe was, let's see, it's like Chunky Dan, or or, or th- like Thick Roy. No, I'm sorry. The Fat Daddy's Closet is the name of the buyer. I purchased a bundle of VHS tapes for twenty two dollars, and I will tell you what they are. Power of Football by the Nebraska Strength and Conditioning uh, <laughs> Program. Bigger, Faster, Stronger, also from the Nebraska Strength and Conditioning Program of the 1990s. And Strength Training for Power. There's a song. I, I, I will share it with you as soon as I can get it off VHS and into digital. There's a song that says, Do you want to be a man? Nebraska football's <laughs> got a plan. Like, that's the lyrics. <laughs> Spencer, where did you watch the 1996 Fiesta Bowl? In the Fiesta Bowl in Tempe, Arizona. That's exactly what I was hoping you would say. <laughs> they hit Jacquez Green so hard his hip came out of socket, and he was <laughs> screaming, and he was right by the band, and the band is just like, no, <laughs> let's leave, let's go. It was con- that, that big dramatic run by the time Tommy Frazier makes his run where he breaks eight tackles, it looks like high drama. It wasn't. Everyone in the stadium was like, no, that's going to happen. Like the minute the minute they started caving in the D-line for no lie, three yards of play, yeah, it, it was completely over. I spent the fourth quarter drinking quietly out of a flask that we were passing around and throwing a rubber chicken into the air because that was, that was the only thing we could do to entertain ourselves. It was pre-internet. There was nothing you could do in your phone. You just had to like, ah, this sucks. I'm going to watch it. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Sorrow. Yeah. Let's talk uh, about like. Let's, go ahead. I'm I'm just trying to think if there are any. I mean, the national title games; those always stand out because like one team is not supposed to have this happen. Uh, you know, one team is just it's supposed to be way too good. So it's just interesting that like 
all our examples are uh, are on that level. I, I the only other one I can think of in terms of uh, an offensive line that just dominated that badly in a big game. Um, it's it's Alabama again when they came out just flat in Georgia. That's like the blackout game where Georgia where Georgia. Oh yeah. Well, we're black jerseys. It'll be awesome. Yeah, how'd that work out? That was that. That was the beginning of that sort of run of excellence for those offensive lines. They've and they've been the standard. That and that and Stanford. Stanford to this day is still a joy to watch. Like if you like, they are the ones who, if you want to watch offensive line play at least once a year, they will put someone on a vine in terrifying fashion because they're big, they're fast, they they block super low, uh, sometimes cartoonishly low, as we've already pointed out. And they're just, their run fits and how they, like, go back and look. Somebody made a YouTube video, which are all of the run fits from their bowl game against Virginia Tech in the Orange Bowl. It's breathtaking because they're Watch so them. on point. I love watching their guys pull. When they run power and they run counter, their offensive line, they do the skip pull, which is not, a lot of times, if you can picture an offensive line and pulling, Usually they kind of rip their body kind of open and run parallel, but shoulders, shoulders parallel to the offensive line and they lead up. Uh, but Stanford, they do this thing with the, called the skip pull. Well, the guy literally essentially hops all the way up and this six, six, three twenty guy um, getting all the way up out of their stance. And they literally skip sometimes once, a lot of times twice down the offensive line, then get low through the hole, lead through, and mash the shit out of some linebacker. Yeah, and that's just so they can get there more quickly? Well, essentially. It's it's just a way of doing it. A lot of people do the straight pull. Most teams do the straight pull, but some teams do the skip pull. I think that... It's so that you can keep your eyes up at the target. You don't ever turn your, your head away from... Uh, turn your head away from the defense, and you can always see what you're going to come through at and what you're going to hit. We, we sure that's not psychological terrorism like and, and warfare? That, that <laughs> if you see a 320-pound man skipping in the middle of a football game, I quit. I just I do the Matt Ryan. I just have a seat. I'm like, no. Nah, I want no part of that madness. <laughs> I'm just going to lie down. <laughs> I'm just going to lie down. I just saw... <laughs> I'm sorry. I just saw the devil jumping rope. I'm going to take a like nap. The, uh, the the gif of the little girl on the beach who says, I go to sleep right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm making a business decision, okay? There's a 320-pound man, and if he's smiling and skipping toward me, guess what? Taking a nap. That's how this works. Let's talk about the, the 3.30 shift, if we can, the three shift. Um, that's when Tennessee Business did. picks up. Business picks up a little bit there. Okay, I want to point out, by the way, if they do beat Oregon State, which they should because they are the better team, we got Colorado at 4-1. and one. We are too shy of a bowl for the Buffs, all right? We would be 2-0 and oh in the Pac-12. Which program, which podcast was it that predicted a bowl for Colorado, by the way? By uh, the way. Did, did we? It was, it, was, it was ours, yeah. Yeah, it was ours because we love them, Colorado. Keep going. Keep doing what you, you're doing. Don't, don't do that thing where you, you beat Oregon and then you lose to Oregon State. Don't do that. That'd be real bad. You should pick this up. That's a gimme. Uh, Year of the Bison continues. Go Buffs. Uh, The 330 shift, we've already talked about Tennessee, Georgia. Uh, We get North Carolina, Florida State for kind of like a moderately interesting ACC match where you kind of want to keep an eye on it. Florida State seems to have corrected a number of things and is humming along nicely um, after an initial loss. The the Wake Forest NC State game, emotionally, emotionally, can I just prepare everybody at what point how many wins do we have to get to before we have the 
how do you talk to your kids about an undefeated Wake Forest team? <laughs> like, how many? Like, <laughs> are we gonna look up a Wake Forest is seven and zero? Like, um, Wake Forest's playoff path is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, is this is well beyond the Iowa thing where it's like, oh, they're carrying a state on their backs and all that stuff. This is like. Did someone forget to delete you? Is that what this is? What would have to beat to get to seven and zero? Their seventh game. Florida State. Done it before. It. <laughs> shut. They they have shut them out before. That has happened. Probably won't this year. But I don't know. I don't know anything anymore. Wake Forest is four and zero. You said seven and zero just off the top of your head. Is that the number where you're like okay? I have to start processing that this is real. I mean, once they hit, if they hit if they hit six and zero, oh, that's like what the fuck is happening? I mean, look at the rest of their schedule. Seven and five is quite realistic. Um, that's amazing. Okay, so you're gonna you're, so you're like six and zero oh is where you really hit the like WTF threshold, Richard. How many wins for you are, are, make Wake Forest a reality that you actually have to tussle with on an intellectual and spiritual level? If they beat Florida State, I'm putting them number one. <laughs> <laughs> they did it for Arnold Palmer. They did it for the Kings. They did. That's it. This is for Arnie. That's it. That's it. <laughs> wow. Doing it for Arnie. <laughs> Arnie's army. That's awesome, man. Wake Forest is going to get so many endorsements. Pennzoil hurts. <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about like uh, golf. Like uh, oh no, I mean like they're gonna Bol- come out. No, no, they're gonna Arnold come out. were like lawnmowers and shit. They're gonna yeah, come Bol- out like paint Bolin's, hats. Bolin's lawnmower, Ray-Ban sunglasses, Cadillac. We're doing all of this, man. That would be the best that they celebrate with Arnold Palmer's. Like after every game, like yeah, yeah. mixing. Them. Oh, they win, they win the division. Dave Clawson, they douse him in sweet tea and lemonade. <laughs> yeah, that'd be sticky, man. That's, that's a bad deal. Sorry, Dave, but you know you'd be undefeated. So good, good job. Um. Purdue, Maryland. I just wanted to say that out loud because it oh, rolls off the tongue. By the way, bo- both teams somehow still with a winning record. <laughs> Maryland's 3-0. Numbers are lies. Numbers are lies. That's how this works. Um, we are going to talk about – let's talk about some – Jason, you you have something you definitely want to talk about. You keep skipping over Wisconsin and Michigan. It's I was freaking just, me out a was, little bit. I was just about to get to – Okay, okay. Yeah. Wisconsin, Michigan. <laughs> For those of you who enjoyed the 14-12 um, Washington Stanford game, <laughs> whoo, you ain't seen nothing yet. Because <laughs> the only reason Wisconsin scored 30 last week is because their uh, safety with an extremely Italian name was pulling off six spin moves on Michigan State's quarterback. Otherwise, they would have kept it at a, a, a much more comfortable point total. <laughs> no, listen, they only scored 30 points against Michigan State for the same reason that like a check cashing place in a bad neighborhood makes money, right? Because it's just scarcity. That's it. You're like, what do you do? I, I'm in a bad situation and I keep handing you money. That's it. I'm pinned here. This is the only chance I have. Like that's Michigan State never had a chance to plan. They just had to hand over their whole paycheck to Wisconsin every single time working for the company store. I feel like the, the spin move wasn't so much like athletic prowess. It was more like Wisconsin got to this advanced point total and like the, the world began to shift. Mm-hmm. And as, as the tectonic plates moved under East Lansing, you know, you got to, you got to write yourself a little bit. So the spin move was more that it was more gravity than anything else. Um, Wisconsin, by the way. Oh, just, 
has evolved Wisconsin football to an even head buddier state than their normal head buddy kind of style of football. 11.8 points per game. That's what they are allowing at this point. Defensively, by the way, defensively with the departure of their defensive coordinator, they've been yeah. on, they've been unreal or better than they were last year. Yeah, how's his new team doing? That's LSU, um, and they're fine. They're fine. They've <laughs> got a big game coming up. Uh-huh, yep. Yeah, they're fine. <laughs> Louisiana um, Monroe has the rare opportunity to finally complete the double and beat Auburn. That's <laughs> still... <laughs> State champs. Alabama state champs. Which could go ahead which, and make a shirt. Which could somehow still happen. We um the Wisconsin Michigan game, just give me a score. I I wanna know how how dismal and low you think the score can get in a game which honestly will be a lot of fun to watch because it's just gonna be two people slapping each other real hard for four quarters. Mm. I don't I don't I don't think slapping because this is Big Ten wrestling. So like mm. it'll be like one of them like one of them's got the other in a in a really uncomfortable lock and it just sort of stays like that. There was a there was like I think it was like an Ohio State Michigan game like years ago that ended 12-7. Yeah, I'm taking like a 12-7. Somebody's going to get a safety too. Right. Okay, you 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 claim 12-7, Jason. You do you venture? Um I'll go 19 to 9. That sounds very strange. <laughs> okay, um, I'm gonna go. I, I have, I have this in our weekly confidence pool. My plan each week is to punt on three games and go deep on one. This is one I've put ten on Michigan in this game, hmm. um, and just one on everything else. Okay, Jason goes for it on fourth down. I'm gonna go. Let's see, one special teams touchdown for Michigan, uh, two field goals, and an offensive TD. So we're at 20. So literally Jabril Peppers. That's it. That's all. That's that's four Jabril Peppers scores. (laughs) Correct. We're going to do four Jabril Peppers. Okay. I'll take four Jabril Peppers for 20 points. And then Wisconsin will struggle and score six. So I'm going 20 to six. I want to start the evening shift with my favorite game every single year around this time. And that would be Memphis at Old Miss. (laughs) The, uh, The rivalry, of course. Which that, actually became um, like a real rivalry. This was a rivalry yeah. for a long time that had no basis in reality because it really just involved players who grew up with each other punching each other in the face. There was always a fight in this game. There were like multiple personal fouls. Memphis usually lost and Old Miss won. And it was still fun to watch because it was obviously Memphis gearing up for the one game where they could like absolutely fight with people that they recognized. Like that was, that's, that's what this was for. The other one's the Egg Bowl, kind of, but this one was even better. <laughs> After that one, we um, we did an open records request into emails sent to Ole Miss about playing Memphis. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Ole Miss fans were very mad about the whole idea. We just feel it is beneath us to play this university. <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, Memphis, meanwhile, Memphis is like, fuck y'all! <laughs> like, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Whoop that trick, which is uh, what they did last year. Yeah, Memphis. And uh, shit, uh, Memphis is pretty good again. I, yeah. I thought they'd fall off, lost their coach and quarterback, but they're out here putting 80 points on teams you know that Ohio State did about the same too. Yeah. So, on, uh-oh. On, pay, on pace, by the way, 
to almost score 100, right? Like that last week they were on pace against Bowling Green to score 100. Their coach is Mike Norvell. He had cornrows once. That's really what you need to know about Mike Norvell. He's done a pretty good job, and there's a really embarrassing picture from his youth of him and cornrows, probably listening to, I don't know, Eminem. I'm, I'm thinking Eminem. That's what Mike Norvell mm-hmm. was listening to. He mm-hmm. was getting ready to lose himself in the music and the football all at once. Um, I like watching this game strictly entertainment. I have no idea what will happen. Chad Kelly's playing, and Chad Kelly will like to throw it deep. So entertainment aplenty, even with really very little nationally on the line here. Uh, Utah at Cal, yeah, do you like watching... Do you like watching a fourth quarter that takes an hour and a half? You'll love watching Utah Cal. <laughs> With like six combined interceptions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kentucky plays Alabama. <laughs> Next. Next. Mm. 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 The Bear Bowl. <laughs> that is the Bear Bowl. <laughs> if Kentucky beats Alabama, they get to claim Bear Bowl. They get to take a statue with them. Statues coming. <laughs> It's got to go. Bama, Bama, <laughs> fans, Bama fans would probably justify that, though. They'd be like, we love Nick more anyway. He's a better coach. We but- could build yeah. a statue of a recruit. <laughs> like the, It's like a statue of like the unnamed recruit. And, the, and then you, you bring the kid, and you're like, yeah, that's you, buddy. Like, that doesn't really look like me. Gosh, that's you. That's you, man. Why don't you sign here? All right. I do want to mention the one the, game, uh, the, the one marquee game here before we – we get into what I think is a long slate of absolute chaos that won't really matter that much, but could be wildly entertaining. We get to watch Lamar Jackson actually play uh, another real team, which is a joy because he'll probably still put up 500 yards of offense by himself. We get to watch Lamar Jackson go into Death Valley in Clemson. The um, the country's best offense, I think we'd all agree to this point. Mm-hmm. And according to Bill Connolly's numbers, the country's best defense is on the other side. So based on the numbers and uh, division stakes and all that, this could be the best game of the year. And, you know, the, the, the atmosphere will be everything, everything we need. You got a Clemson player saying, <laughs> if number eight tries to jump over me, I'm going to body slam him. Specifically, didn't call him Lamar Jackson, so you got a little personal animosity. Number um, eight. <laughs> that's a very number, yeah, uh, yeah. This game has, uh, you know, this game has everything, man. This, this is, this is going to be very good. There's no, there's no way to snark. There, there are no jokes um, other than, uh, I don't know, maybe Petrino will leave, ha ha ha, or you know, maybe Dabo will do something silly. <laughs> Won't that be funny? Nope, nope, nothing funny here. No, it's good. I just, game. I just imagine if Clemson gets up by enough. Uh, Dabo, just because he doesn't respect Petrino's morals, will just not call the dogs off. <laughs> Vengeful Dabo, like after after being cool with 19 <laughs> points. Old Testament Dabo. I confess, I had hate. And then, you know, after the game, <laughs> I had hate in my heart. I'm sorry, Jesus. I had to uncork 50 on Bobby Petrino's ass. Sorry, but but his butt. The as a as a as a, as a, right, a righteous tool of the Lord to bring Bobby Petrino to Christ, I had to, <laughs> I had to, I him to finally redeem his soul. <laughs> Did it work? I don't and know. Then, but we hung fifty on him on a national audience. I mean, I have to take what I can get. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. 
the, spare the rod, spoil the asshole. Oh man, we have <laughs> we have a a late slate, which for the Pac-12 After Dark crew, which I I love that they have leaned into this branding and are using it on air. That they're saying Pac-12 After Dark. I don't know if you've picked that up, but the Pac-12 Network and Fox have both used that, right? Welcome to Pac-12 After Dark. Perfect. No, yeah, this game starts what? at ten thirty. Not even ten. Yeah, ten thirty. Pack twelve after That's dark. Impressive. That's what coffee's for. That's Come on. Hard, man. <laughs> so Maction one belt pack twelve after dark. How many conferences is our little little group of internet going to provide branding for? Because we sure ain't to blame for the SECs. It just means more bullshit. I was going to say, yeah, we, we had a lot of fun. And then the SEC came out with some genteel southern bail to say, it just means more here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no. The- here, here on the cover of Garden and Gun magazine, <laughs> it just means more. Like, man, listen, South Carolina is playing football right now. It don't mean shit. It, don't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it means it means more gin, please. That's what South Carolina <laughs> means. In my cup, in my outdoor kitchen, where Just I'm sitting with my beautiful more. wife, Beverly. 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 The the late slate. If you have not looked into it, the Pac-12 slate. It could get bonkers because there is a desperate Oregon team playing a desperate Washington State team. That, that game, Jason Kirk, going to be real irritated watching that entire thing because... Um, well, luckily, it starts... You know, it, it, that, that one won't be the bothersome one. I'm, I'm not too worried about that Wait, one. Which one, which um, one it, bothers you? Arizona-UCLA kicking off at 10.30 Eastern. Man, <laughs> yeah, man. got shit to do. Luckily, the game doesn't matter. Like, what really irritates me is when they put, like, um, a, couple, a week or two ago, they put ranked Washington... On at eleven o'clock at night, at night, at night, so night, so late. Last week, you have to pay attention to this. It's two a.m. You're trying to do shit for next morning, so you can go to sleep. Uh, but no, no, there are important things still happening. I, I, I do prefer this Arizona UCLA. This doesn't matter. So like, you know, it's on. You know, we'll, we'll watch like maybe you know a vinyl emerge. That'll be cool. But I don't have to worry about who wins. Um, now, so there is in, in, in that regard, this is, this is perfect. There is an undefeated team you need to pay attention to. You're talking about Boise State? No, no. I'm talking about... Ari- the I'm, only I'm, one I see in these I'm, hours. I'm talking about Arizona State. Arizona State goes mm-hmm. into you. Oh, we're scrolling back up. Yeah, it, this is, this is by the way, are we all blind? Because I do this every time, too. Like, when I see that, I'm like, oh, man, Arizona State's undefeated. Like, even if I said it 30 minutes earlier, I'll see it and go, <laughs> oh, man, they're undefeated. That's no crazy. object permanence. No object permanence. I'm like, remember them, man. Who put them here? I swore I moved it out of the way. Um, uh, is USC's coach uh, his job status? How is it? Um, it's not good, Ted. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, which which game did uh, Lane Kiffin lose and then get fired? Was it was it Arizona State? Mm, let me look that. Oh, it was after Arizona State. The coach killers. That's all they did. Todd Graham, of all people. <laughs> He's just making openings for himself. Oh, God, this is going to happen. Oh, my it? God. We just solved it. Todd Graham to USC. Because <laughs> remember, wouldn't USC, as poorly run as they have been, be the people who would go, well, that coach beat us. He must be pretty good. <laughs> and I think, like, you're talking about Lynn Swan, who 
I don't know. He seems like he's been busy. How much attention has he really paid to college football? You know, he shows up in the Pac-12. He's like, Todd Graham, this guy's been here three or four years. Seems like a good stable guy. Sure. <laughs> you know, like if you if you don't if you weren't around for the whole pit thing, you know, <laughs> maybe you look it up on the Wikipedia and you're, it, it doesn't strike you quite the way it did in reality. Co- Coach Grant, <laughs> Coach Graham, what happened with that year in pit? Oh, that's a typo. Okay, cool. Um, next, <laughs> like that's. <laughs> be the best interview ever man todd graham's negotiating with lsu behind the scenes too like at the same time like excuse me i have to go to the bathroom <laughs> you know like you remember that's not a joke right that's not a joke back when he was back between rice and tulsa the the the, the thing was that that graham went into the bathroom to talk to the other guys about the job when he was negotiating back and forth so I'm just saying, it's a it's a proven trick. He's done it before. Just like USC, um, yeah. The I mean, it more it's more like a late Mountain West slate. So I oh, feel wait. like things are going to calm down pretty. But, you know. And can I give you a tradition unlike any other to cap your delightful week four, week five viewing experience? Eleven. Big Bob back. Oh, Big Bob back. Bob Bob Kakala. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to watch it. Because the OC sports have financial troubles and can't show Hawaii football on the Mountain West Network anymore. <laughs> it's on pay-per-view, just like Starcade. I, I probably yeah, Star, Star, Starcade 89, which says Aloha to Hawaii football. Kicking off at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time versus Nevada. I promise you, listener, if we have a pirate feed of this game, if, it's, if it breaks several federal laws, we'll get you Bob Kakala somehow on the call for this game because it's a tradition to watch why until 3 30 in the morning the first row sports feed with all the ads popping up <laughs> trying not to get a virus to watch hawaii <laughs> that's america man at 3 30 a.m you know like we're laughing scope on some dude's phone <laughs> someone we need to get somebody to periscope the game from hawaii listen if you're listening and you're gonna be at this game we need to send Roger Sherman to this game so he can just periscope the entire thing. Can you imagine? Just Facebook, Facebook Live on Facebook.com slash SB Nation, the entire Hawaii game, and just see what happens. Can you, what the fuck are they going to do? Can you imagine how happy at least 35 people would be at 3 in the morning if somebody's <laughs> periscoping it and they get Robert Kakala on the phone with them like, oh, it's Kakala, like in the shot with the game? 35 of the happiest people on the planet see that big old head saying, Oh, Joey Yosefa on the carry. He's a beast. <laughs>